0: Welcome to E-Commerce Innovators, a podcast that brings together the brightest minds in the industry to explore innovative strategies and trends in global e-commerce. Our host is John LeBaron, Chief Revenue Officer at Pattern, the premier
1: partner for global e-commerce acceleration. Okay, welcome everyone. This is John LeBaron. I'm the Chief Revenue Officer at Pattern and welcome to e-commerce innovators. This is the number one podcast for bringing together the brightest minds in the industry to talk about all things e-commerce trends, innovation, and what's new. And today we have two special guests actually diverting a little bit from the way we normally do things, but we are excited to chat with a really innovative company, KT Tape. And we have Kit Burton, who is the director of marketing, as well as Jeremy Noons. He is the director of product development and research at KT Tape. Welcome to the show, you guys. Thank you. Thanks, John. Great to be here. Yeah, super exciting. And we've done a handful of these uh, where we actually have somewhat local companies. And uh, KT Tape is one of those. So super excited to have uh, a good local contingent here. Tell us a little bit, Kit, about KT Tape for those who have probably seen it on everywhere from the Olympics to you know professional sporting but may not actually know the name of the company. Tell us a little bit about it.
0: Yeah, thanks, John. Um, so kind of fun for KT Tape. you know. Uh, I grew up here in Utah, and just like KT Tape did, and actually knew the brand um, long before I knew that it was uh, was from here in American Fork, Utah. we yeah, the company really got started in two thousand eight. Um, came out of a business school competition, actually at BYU, and uh, took an innovation from the clinical world, which is kinesiology, this you know study of movement, and kinesiology tape, and made it mainstream and consumer friendly. Um, Probably know the brand from seeing it on Olympians, you know, starting from Carrie Walsh Jennings back in her her Olympic uh, volleyball days. And then you see it across so many athletes today, Um, but it's, it's a fantastic brand started with tape today offers products across tape recovery products, um, performance products, as well as uh, health supplement products.
1: Yeah. So let's just double click on that for a second. And then I'd like to come back and actually introduce you guys properly and allow you guys to tell a little bit more of your background. But um, just in the spirit of innovation, and since this isn't like a visual thing, we can show people what this product looks like. But they're probably, again, to your mind, like Kara Walsh, I think is the number one that I think of is seeing her uh, Olympic volleyball and, and seeing these big stripes across her you know, shoulders and things like that. Um, tell us a little bit more just how it actually works and what it actually does.
2: Yeah. Thanks for the opportunity. Um, you know, kinesiology tape is just an elastic sports tape, uh, usually of, a, either a cotton or synthetic material with, uh, elasticity built in, uh, there's nothing actually in the tape, meaning like there's not a compounded medicine or anything like that. Uh, the way it works is just the structurally, when it's applied to the particular body part or for, for a particular injury, it's apply, it's stretched and then applied to the skin. And as that tape is actively recoiling, uh, it's lifting the skin, increasing the blood flow, helping the lymphatic drain, uh, and then also depending on the application, uh, providing support. Uh, but because it is elastic, it's providing you know support while maintaining range of motion. So for something like, you know, as opposed to when most people think of sports taping, right, there's that old thinking of the, the white tape, what we call white tape, yeah. which is meant to immobilize and actually like lock down movement. So, you know, KT tape is about giving you support while maintaining range of motion, right? You might be taping for a twisted ankle. Uh, you're going to get the support, but you're not going to be immobilized uh, you know, and so depending on the level of stretch and the different applications, you can, you can tailor the application and kind of dial it in for what you need, uh, you know, providing you have a familiarity with the tape and, and you feel comfortable, you know,
1: with that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, really good job, um, helping people kind of paint the picture of when to use it, how to use it, what the impact is. I think it truly illustrates the challenge with, you know, a product like that, that's somewhat disruptive, innovative, highly educational. Uh, You can't really feel it, you know, from an e-commerce perspective when you're trying to buy online, right? Right. You don't have a salesperson like trying to tell you how to use it. Um, I think about something like, I don't know, insoles or something like that as well. That's that's kind of in that similar vein, like uh, medically tested, a lot of science and research behind it. But how do you convey that story or that narrative? In the flash of a you know a click or an impression, so we'll get into all of that later. Before we do that, uh, really excited. You guys have some really cool backgrounds, um, and again, just as a reminder for everyone listening, you know, Kit kind of runs the marketing side. Jeremy is all on the product development and research, and because it's you know the topic here is innovation, we thought it would be fun to kind of bring them together. Um, so, Kit, we know from this point that you're from Utah. Tell us a little bit about your career. You have a pretty strong background, though in uh, consumer packaged goods and, and brand management and things like that. Uh, would love to learn a little bit more about your journey and what got you to this destination.
0: Well, for sure. So, um, yeah, as you mentioned, I'm from Utah, um, went to Brigham Young University here in, here in Provo and thought I would have a career in government. So uh, I actually took my first job out of school was working for the governor's office here in Utah. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah. But had an opportunity to go and get into consumer products and marketing what drew me into this career was that it's a balance of like figuring out how people think, right? There's almost like a soft psychology side to it. But brand management is also very much about the numbers and understanding the guts of the business and how to drive profit. So I I love that, that mix of the soft and the hard kind of business skill. Um, So I went first into consumer goods at Unilever out in New Jersey um, spent several years there, um, had transitioned into, uh, into Dan and yogurt for, for a little while. And then the bulk of my time was actually spent at Barilla Pasta out in Chicago, um, Italian owned food company, fantastic time there. Um, I, I miss very much having the uh, chefs on staff in the office. That's a key hmm. perk we, we need to work on here at KT tape. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I always knew that I wanted to get back here to the mountains, um, so was looking for a chance to do that. And what drew me to KT Tape was number one, that it's it's a great brand, right? It's It really has created um, and grown the category. It leads the category. And in many ways, like a Jeep or a Kleenex, it's it's synonymous with the category itself. Um, has a great tradition of, of strong marketing here. And also uh, has great products, right? I love working for companies that have that combination of not just good marketing, but also you know product that really works, that's tested and that people are passionate about. So yeah, I've been a brand guy my whole life. Um, and since coming here to KT Tape, um, I've also taken responsibility for our e-commerce business, which has been a huge learning curve for me, um, but has also been one of the most rewarding parts of my time here.
1: Yeah, amazing. And you actually attended the Kellogg School of Management while you were in Chicago as well, is that, is that true? that
0: is correct I went through the uh, evening weekend program there and uh, yeah I pay, I paid my dues in Chicago traffic down to that campus for sure
1: <laughs> yeah you probably paid the tuition too so <laughs> I don't know what's worse uh, but anyway that's amazing amazing school and uh, amazing kind of legacy in that brand space and I'm with you I think that's uh, why I get so excited about brands is that kind of half psychology half storytelling um, and the ability I mean I think with the brand, like KT Tape, like to be kind of the steward of that story and to be able to imbue the passion and be able to translate that value proposition into the market and truly like save people in a way, right? Like, like save them from pain and and allow them to play longer, harder than they normally would be to, or, you know, to Jeremy's point without being immobilized, I think it's just like a really kind of fun, uh, spot. So, so I'm jealous. And, um, and I, I look forward to hearing, I know you haven't been there a super long time, but looking looking forward to seeing, you know, kind of how the brand continues to innovate and uh, touch even more customers moving forward. So Jeremy, let's switch gears. Your role is a little bit different, um, but you've been there a lot longer than Kid as well. So tell us a little bit more about your background, your role at the company and how you ended up where you're at.
2: Yeah, uh, I'll start off, you know, I've been here uh, just basically seven years, um, my role is the uh, director of uh, product development research. Uh, you know, my background, I always kind of describe it as kind of nonlinear. Um, you know, it, every, everything, the, the thread that runs through my entire career is just being heavily involved in creative processes. Uh, you know, I, I started off here, uh, you know, in Utah working in the printing business. Uh, and then I worked for a, a publishing company for 14 and a half years, managed uh, a lot of creative teams, teams of graphic designers. Uh, print production, a lot of that kind of stuff. Um, you know, in between jobs, I've I've taught in the graphic design programs at both uh, Provo College and UVU, uh, a little bit there. Um, you know, 2011, uh, I came on board with, with a startup, uh, asked to basically grow everything that, that wasn't sales related, uh, which involved a lot of business, you know, operations, uh, things like that. Uh, and, and that's where I really got involved with product development, developing the products. Uh, uh, and so, you know, right now, you know, I think the thing that, that I bring the KT tape from my background is just a really good mix of, uh, you know, graphic design, print production, you know, manufacturing, you know, product design, product development, uh, you know, materials, understanding, you know, manufacturing processes, you know, product development is a, is a very multifaceted Um, discipline, right? There's, there's no like, you know, one aspect to it. It really encompasses so many aspects and knowing how all of those things laterally, you know, fit together for the big picture. Uh, And so, you know, I think that's, that's kind of the culmination of, of what's gotten me here today um, and doing all the, the R and D at
1: at KT tape. Yeah. I think that's fascinating. And, you know, I've met a lot of folks in product development and I think it's interesting to listen to you tell more about your craft and the things that kind of turn you on and get you excited. And I think that creative piece, especially like that background in, in graphic design, I don't feel like I hear as much, feel a lot, a lot of engineering, a lot of you know background in supply chain management or something like that. So I think it's really fascinating to hear that aspect and I'm looking forward to, as we go through here, to, to learn more about how that influences the way that you think about products and, and product development. Um, well, the name of the company obviously is KT Tape, but there is a, there's more than that to the product line. So maybe Jeremy, you can tell us a little bit more around the product kind of portfolio and assortment. There's, there's certainly the kinesiology tape, but what else do you guys, how have you innovated the product line over time and what, what does KT Tape sell today?
2: Yeah, we will always be known uh, as a tape company and that will will always be, you know, the heavy lifter of where, you know, what we sell, where we get our revenue. Um, You know, if I can maybe just do this chronologically, make it easier, um, you know, back in in when I joined the team in 2015, the only two products we had at the time were our cotton and our pro synthetic tapes. Um, Since then, we've developed a a wider family of tapes, uh, you know, on the extreme end and on the gentle end to help offer our consumers uh, a tape for whatever their use case scenario or situation is. Uh, And then, you know, we think to ourselves, you know, what are, are, who's our core demo, right? Which for the longest time, you know, out of all of, you know, people who are active, I think we focus mostly on runners, right? So where, where are the pain points that runners have? Uh, or just people again, people who are active, right? So we went into some ice heat therapy products, some wraps, uh, some you know trigger point massage, you know a product that offers ice and heat. Um, we went into uh, chafing, right? Uh, a lot of people in in sports and athletics experience chafing and hot spots, so we developed a couple products to address chafing. Uh, you know, along those lines, we went into the blister uh, space. And we developed, uh, again, complementary products for uh, helping to prevent and also treat blisters. Uh, so hopefully, you know, you prevent them and if you can't prevent them, uh, we've got a product to help treat them and, and help them heal. Um, you know, we went into a couple of years ago, we launched a, a topical analgesic. You know, we look at the type of products that we know our tape users are using uh, and we say to ourselves, you know, we can, we can do this better uh, you know, we can come out with a topical analgesic that has some differentiator you know, benefits in the actual formula, and we can make it compatible with tape so people can use it before they tape and even apply it on and over the tape, which you can't do with most other you know, topical analgesics. Um, you know, We recently came out, uh, our last launch uh, earlier this year was a, um, a stick pack supplement Yeah. Turmeric based. Um, And uh, I think we're going to dive into that a little more. Uh, And uh, Kit, am I missing anything? I don't know. You're the product. Yeah, no, I just I'm trying to I'm trying to name everything. No, I think you you covered it. And, um, you know, yeah, we have an edema taping product uh, that I failed to mention earlier, um, which is also kind of an innovation on how people were, were edema taping Um, it really simplified the process and made it much easier and much more approachable. Um, Yeah. So, you know, KT tape is is what will always be known as, but our product portfolio in the last, you know, seven years has really expanded uh, into quite a few areas.
1: Yeah. And I I like it, Like I'm hearing from you, uh, performance recovery, you know, anti-chafing, all (coughs) the products. What's been the, What's been the response from customers? I mean, I'm, I'm sure more loyalty, more basket size from an e-commerce perspective. Do you feel like it's, it's resonating?
0: I think absolutely. And I'm going to answer it two ways, John. I think for our, for our consumer, you know, for our runner and our athlete, they love when they can find these products from, from KT because there's a lot of trust that we've built up with consumers over, over the years. And they know that we, we launch things that have clinical support and that are made really, really well. So consumers really appreciate having that broad range of the portfolio from our customers, which, you know, KT Tape is sold really, really broadly in physical retail, but also online. And our customers love, again, when, when products like this come out, because there is a lot of trust from consumers, we know that we can, we can expand that basket size for them and, and win together with these kind of products.
1: Yeah, I think that's awesome. And and I'd I'd love to just dig a little bit deeper, Jeremy, on your side, like, as you went in to develop those new products, you know, what was your approach? Were you, did you do focus groups? Do you do surveys? Do you just are, you know, did you get ideas from some some of the sponsored athletes that you have? Where is kind of like the You know, not to give away any of the secret, you know, mojo of the company, but how do you think about product development and innovating on that front? Where do you go to for new ideas?
2: Um, Yeah, I mean, the answer is yes to all of those in in some respect. Right. We, you know, uh, I think one thing that's important, you know, whether you're product or marketing or CEO down to anybody. Right. You should you should welcome product ideas or innovations or you know product improvements line extensions you should welcome those from basically everywhere whether it's an employee uh you know one of your money or you know influencers it could be yeah. somebody on your medical advisory board it could be you know are you seeing a trend in your consumer feedback coming in through your customer service right like the, the prompt for new ideas or improvements should literally come from everywhere uh and then as a group you know we we uh you know decide kind of create almost like a pipeline list uh you know and and sometimes those lists are 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 huge and you know they they have you know there's no there's no bad idea you know sometimes you have something that you know is 85 percent really kind of a a, a not not the best idea but that other 15 percent you know man you you spin that off into something you know you could have a winner right um, we do do, you know, marketing studies. We do want to know what, what consumers of kinesiology tape are thinking. We want to understand how they react to a concept or, uh, you know, a, a packaging idea or, you know, anything that helps us, you know, gain that insight uh, as to, you know, what will, what will ensure, you know, purchases and repeat purchases. Um, so, yeah, there's, there's a lot that goes into it. And then, of course, you know, it goes through kind of a funnel. And you kind of come up with, you know, what you think you want to launch. Uh, you know, sometimes the things that make the cut might be, you know, because, you know, you, you have a certain feasibility, whether it's a manufacturing process. Uh, you know, sometimes things don't make sense immediately because you don't yet know, you know, the vendors that can make that. Or it might be something that, you know, just isn't ready. You know, maybe it, maybe a concept needs you know more consumer awareness behind an ingredient or a product type or something like that right uh so you know things you know rise to the top and other things get put in the idea parking lot and we're always relooking at things to you know understand um the
1: applicability of you know does an old idea make sense now yeah yeah i think there's just so much to kind of unpack there and and go through but i think overall i love the idea i love the thought process and it certainly feels like, you know, one of the challenges that you get as I interview different folks is, and I, I think um, one, the, one of the ways that this came about is I was chatting with the CMO of Tom Shoes and he had spent a lot of time at, you know, Converse and MTV and things like that. And he just said, you have to be careful about these brand extensions and new product introductions to ensure that you truly have the rights and from a consumer kind of mind share to bring that product he was giving the example of like Chuck Taylor All-Stars uh, and, and Converse went into jeans at one point. He's like, you know, does Converse really have the, the right to go into jeans in the consumer's mind? Is that too far of a stretch um, to, to bring under the product umbrella? And I, I just have to applaud you guys. I feel like everything that, you know, folks in that core customer and where, you know, that performance and recovery can kind of take place is, is pretty symbiotic so far in the in the products that I've seen you guys come out with. So I think that's great. Well, uh, maybe shifting gears a little bit. You think about COVID and what ended up happening. You built this amazing business. You're launching new products. You know, you get going gangbusters. You have these Olympic athletes and professional athletes, you know, kind of singing your praises. And then suddenly the economy or certain aspects of the economy come to a screeching halt. And from an e commerce perspective, that actually provided massive tailwinds in aggregate because so many people couldn't go to brick and mortar anymore. Um, and so a lot of that demand shifted, if it was perpetual, um, shifted to e-commerce. And so a lot of people saw a boom. I have to think in your guys' case that some of the actual product demand got curbed, just because, man, I think of all the club sports and the retreats and the high school sports and like all these different everyone using your product in a way. I mean, my daughter is, is in um, competitive cheerleading. Everyone on those teams uses this, you know, cause they're always pulling something or straining something or whatever. Um, so it's massive. I see it on, on the girls, all the, and the boys all the time. And tell me about that. Like kid, I don't, you were probably at the company for a portion of that, but you, you probably have some scar tissue, no pun intended uh, built up over this. Tell us a little bit about what went down there and, and what kind of sometimes, tragedy forces innovation tell us a little bit more about what what ended up happening
2: yeah
0: that's a that's a good i'm gonna steal that phrase for later john the tragedy forcing innovation for sure (laughs) but uh i want to talk about two things with covid for the for the company i mean the first as you mentioned you know people couldn't go to physical retail and for this company physical retail is one of our key competitive advantages right you can buy us everywhere but people weren't going to those places you know the second part of this was that um Second part of this was that uh, just as you said, f- physical, like group events, um, team sports were canceled, marathons were canceled pretty much the whole year of 2020, right? All of these places where it's funny to say it this way, but we, we rely on people getting injured at these things or in their training for these things. If I can say it that way, right? Yeah. It, if people aren't, aren't working up to some goal, like a marathon or a competition, um, then for a lot of people, the need for KT tape kind of disappeared. So our business really went through a went through a downturn there. Um, you know, thankfully because of the power of the brand and the work of the team here, as things opened back up, right? I mean, you look a year later, the spring of 2021, we all remember that like we're, we're free again kind of feeling. Events came back, yeah, and people were ready to start using KT tape again as they you know took off the sweatpants and got ready for uh, got ready for marathon season again. Um, the other thing I want to mention here is that. Because of our strength in retail, you know, we, we probably weren't as ready for COVID from uh, being able to sell in you know, omni-channel as we should have been. But it definitely forced us to accelerate our plans for you know, being smart on Amazon, being smart in our own direct-to-consumer offering, um, and get a lot better at those things faster and try to catch up with that that huge shift in consumer behavior around how people shop. And
1: how do you feel like that spurred, like what changes have happened or what changes did that bring about and how are they how are they being manifested today? Yeah, I think one, one big change is that, I mean, even with just the way that we talk inside
0: the company now, right? It's, it's no longer the separation between physical retail and e-commerce. There's very much a thought on, okay, well, where does the consumer want to do this, right? And making sure that we're not just resting on our own strengths, like what's comfortable for us, but we're figuring out how to show up in the moment and in the right place and in the right context when people want to buy the product. You know, today we see, you know, there there are consumers who love to buy us online and there's consumers who are probably always going to buy us offline and making sure that we're thinking about our products and what we go to market so that both of those people are really, really happy.
1: Yeah. I love that. And, and as we talked about before, how do you recreate the experience to the best degree possible online that someone's getting offline, especially in like a running store or something like that, where it's, it can be a little bit more consultative. Um, and you guys have your moorings in that type of a world and actually like a medical world. So maybe, I don't know, you kid or Jeremy can tell us a little bit about like, I would say the biggest innovation of the company is the tape, right? And how did that come about? I, like what how would you guys characterize um, that biggest innovation that your company has has
2: done? Yeah, I'll take that one. Uh, you know, kinesiology tape has actually been around as a, as a product or an idea since the early 70s. Uh, but it was really, I mean, almost exclusively a clinical product, something that you would have put on you by your chiropractor or your, you know, uh, you know other clinician, yeah. massage therapist, um, you know, PT maybe a sports trainer a locker room or the team and the, you know, the innovation uh, that we brought, you know, cause innovation comes in so many forms the, 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 the initial innovation wasn't necessarily about the product. It was bringing the product out of those clinical shadows to, you know, the public masses in a way that said, this is approachable. You can do this. You don't need to go see somebody. We, you know, here's, here's the instructions and the messaging on how to do it and, and how you can do it. Uh, and it really, really lowered a lot of barriers, not only just from accessibility to kinesiology tape, because there were very few places, if any, that you could actually buy it, you know, pre, pre you know, 2008. Um, but, it, you know, it was the whole message around, you know, guiding people through uh, why they might need it, use case scenarios, and then this is how you apply it and put it on. Uh, and of course, we've obviously been honing and refining all of that messaging, you know, as we continue and we learn more and consumers learn more and stuff like that. Uh, and then of course, you know, once that happened, then we started actually innovating on the product, meaning the materials, the benefits, the features, the things that, you know, that the promises of the product.
1: Yeah, I think that's really fascinating to start to think through that transition and I think, honestly, some, we got our start in vitamins and supplements selling those and specifically what we call practitioner brand supplements that were only distributed through doctors and chiropractors and physical therapists and things like that. And um, I think it's just so fascinating because many of those products are just so good, right? They, they started in an area that had to be truly like tested really well, clinically proven. You couldn't just go like find some, you know, formula online and, and have someone kind of like spit it out. It, they had to be very, very, the efficacy was like order number one. And it's been, it's been so interesting to watch over the last four five, six years, those brands grow into, I think our bigger, biggest brand is one of like the top four supplements overall hmm. on Amazon, even though it's, like I said, it's truly designed to be a practitioner only type of a brand. So um, yeah, kudos to you guys for, for taking advantage of that opportunity and seizing it and telling that story. Um, well, maybe we'll just kind of down that path of innovation a little bit more, you know, I'll switch back over to you, Kit. You've had, you've had a pretty cool background, right? You've, you've been in consulting. Uh, you've been at Unilever. You've been at, at like a true stable in, in really group. What have you learned about innovation? How, like, do you have any recommendations for the folks listening on the call about how you kind of come up with you know truly innovative out-of-the-box ideas besides feeding all your employees pasta every day to, to get the wheels going you know that is a good question john oh. um,
0: you know in, innovation is like it's like one of these tricky things right like if you think you've got it you probably don't yeah. right like one, one of these things um one thing that i've definitely found um and that i've appreciated about working with jeremy here um, we took a trip this spring down to the Expo West, um, you know, natural foods product Products Expo right down down in California, in which you know on the face value like that's a, that's a natural foods thing like what's KT Tape doing there? I mean, one of the places where I think we find our most inspiration is looking at other categories, other spaces, and what are innova- what what innovation is happening there, and then trying to translate that into a different context. I, I love this challenge because. I mean, let's be honest, Like, I'm not that of a creative of a guy, but I'm pretty good at like taking somebody else's creativity and trying to apply it to somewhere new. So that's where I think some of our best ideas come from. Um, you know, getting out, you, you said how you get out of box ideas. I think you get out of the box of your cubicle or your office, whatever it is. The other thing I'll say, um, you know, this company from the beginning has invested in in-person experiential marketing, right? Being at marathons being out in with consumers. That is one of the places where innovation comes from a lot for us too. Being with your consumer, watching your consumer use your product, listen to how they use it, listening to what they're asking for. It, it's amazing the number of obvious things you could fix and improve about your product by listening to somebody else use it and watch them watch them use it.
1: Yeah, I, I think there's a lot of value in that as well. And it's you know, sometimes it is staring you right in the face and it's not some clever hack or something. It's literally just improving it and watching how they use it, watching how they apply it um, and kind of innovating from there. So I guess on the back of that, you know, what do you feel like brands kind of need to deliver now as well as, you know, in the future, whatever that holds for us to become leaders? We talked about this before, like KT Tape is one of those, you know, it's. Xeroxes um, or or even Cloroxes or whatever of its of its industry, you guys are literally the uh, you know representative from an Olympic stage, the official um, for for anyone using this stuff. So it's like, how do you what what recommendations again do you have for for brands that may be listening here on the podcast of how they can kind of become the leader of their industry or product product segment? What is required? <laughs>
0: Yeah. I, um, I think about this a lot from the sense of, you know, if if we're up on a podium right now as KT tape, right. The the leader in the category, just like every kid who sees somebody up on a podium, they're like, you know what, I'm going to take that spot. Right. So there's a lot of, um, there it's hard, but so necessary to stay humble as a category leader, because it's very easy to rest on your success and to, and to blind yourself to what's coming up behind you. Um, I think that I mean, being hungry, I think, to understand more, being humble about what you're good at and what you're not, and constantly seeking partnerships and other things to keep a pulse on your consumer, keep a pulse on your product, and then to keep a pulse on your competition. Um, the last thing I'll say about this, I mean, from a, from trying to build a business, because in my career, I've worked on brands that were, you know, tentpole brands like this and brands that were very much challenger brands. And in, in any sense, that, I mean, the same thing is always true. right? If you can find a consumer passion point, and if you can solve a problem for a consumer, you know, you've really got something. And then it's a marketing challenge, right? How do you, how do you communicate that in a way that consumers are interested in? they, They seem like simple questions and they are, but they're just hard to answer and hard to, hard to execute consistently.
1: Yeah, for sure. A lot of, a lot of trial and error. Absolutely. As you go through this and, and no, easy playbooks. So I think that's great. Well, this has been fascinating to learn a lot about the company, about the origin story, about the product innovation around the product, you know, segmentation truly of the customers, as well as, you know, just the breadth and what you guys have started to build. And I think there's, there are a lot of changes still to come for the organization, for the brand. And again, I'm, I'm super excited to see what comes of it. One of the questions I always like to ask guests on the show is to tell a little bit about a leadership principle that they you know, try to cling to basically, or things that they've learned or, or are partial to as they've kind of grown in their career. So maybe I'll start with you, Jeremy, uh, to share with us one leadership principle that you feel like has really led to your success and, and that of your teams.
2: Uh, yeah, something that I try to do and that I've, I've seen you know, uh, in varied leaders, at different levels of success, is you know create an environment where teams uh, can have an open exchange of ideas and where people welcome different views, right? <clears throat> you know, there's always going to be differing views on what's the right path, whether it's on product, packaging, marketing. Uh, you know, it could be any any aspect of the business that needs to be executed on. You know, and uh, you know, encourage as a leader, encourage your people, and create an environment where people feel safe to share their ideas and have what i call like healthy conflict you know about what's the what's the best idea right you know we don't attack each other what we what we should be doing is punching holes in all the ideas that are put forward to identify the challenges the tripwires you know the things that are going to get us later because as soon as you launch a product or launch an idea or or a new process or something somebody's going to start punching holes in it so be open-minded enough to, to have all these ideas, you know, put on the table and, and have people comfortable to sort through them, uh, offer critiques and, you know, not get offended by the critiques of your product. Cause you know, it's not about you or your idea. It's not about you. It's about the team
1: together, trying to find the best solution. I love that. And I think it's, absolutely a hallmark of a great organization let the ego down bring in the collaboration open to all ideas and letting you know kind of the the wisdom of the crowd guide some of those decisions you know without it being like a democratic process that can actually ruin product innovation as well um but allowing you know that brainstorming to kind of come together i think is is super powerful how about you kip
0: yeah i'll uh i'll steal from um can I kind of plug a brand here for uh, Radical Candor? I'm, I'm a huge fan of this idea of caring deeply about your people, but um, also challenging people directly. And I love this balance because um, either one of these things on their own just will ruin your team. But together, you can establish, like Jeremy was talking about, that, that safety and that trust inside the team where you care. And you care enough to be honest and to help each other improve by challenging directly. So I, I love that that principle and try to make it work for us and our teams uh, the best we can here.
1: Amazing. Well, I appreciate both of you being on the show today and sharing, again, all the insights in the background. And I wish you guys the very best and continued success in everything you're trying to build out there. Thank you, John. It's
2: great to be with you.
1: Thank you. Loved being a part of this. All right. Thank you so much. If you're listening today, uh, feel free to reach out to either of these gentlemen online. I'm sure they would be more than welcome to answer any questions you may have. Uh, Also, feel free to like and subscribe here or leave any comments on the ways that we can make the show better. In the spirit of innovating on the podcast and the show here, we want to hear what's working and what's not. So thank you so much for joining today and listening, and we'll catch you on the next episode.